Welcome to Out of the Question, a podcast that looks behind some common questions and uncovers the question behind the question, while providing real solutions from a biblical world and life view. Your co-hosts are Pastor Charles Roberts and Andrea Schwartz, a teacher and mentor. Hello and welcome to another Out of the Question podcast. This is Pastor Charles Roberts and I'm joined by my co-host Andrea Schwartz. Hello, Andrea. Hey, Charles. How are you? I'm doing well. Today, we are going to ask the question, is college education necessary? But back of that question is another issue altogether, and that is, what does God's law word teach us about the meaning of education or the necessity of learning and being educated? Any thoughts to get us started, Andrea? Well, the first thought is, some of our listeners might say, haven't they talked about this before? I mean, they talked about the need for Christian schools as opposed to going to public schools. So before somebody thinks, well, this is just a rehash because they ran out of things to talk about, we're specifically focusing on life after homeschooling. Most people recognize that if you're going to educate your children, there's going to be a point at which there are things that they either want to know or need to know that you're not individually in a position to transfer to them. And so there are many professions currently that require some acknowledgement that somebody has been through certain training. And so it's a logical thing for parents to say, I've got to be preparing my children for college And then, of course, the problem arises, where do I send them? Now, some people say, oh, well, we'll just send them to a Christian college and that will solve the problem. However, if there isn't a biblical philosophy of education as opposed to just instruction or training in a particular field, it's very easy to send that student who has been reared with a biblical world and life view into an arena that isn't going to value it as worthwhile and might even ridicule it as very naive. I think, too, that in starting this discussion and asking this question or seeking to answer these questions, I think our listeners should understand that part of what we are involved in, in discussing these and all the other matters, is raising the issue about the nature of the reality that we have been presented by the humanistic society in which we live, by the media, by all of the things that surround us that have been built up apart from God's Word. And certainly this issue of education is one of those. Now, we have lived in a culture in these United States for the past 50, 7,500 years, within the lifespan of those of us either talking or listening, in which the basic format has been You go to the public school, you graduate from high school, and uh, if you have even the remotest opportunity, you go to college. you got to go to college and get the college degree because that's your avenue to getting a decent job. Uh, At least that's the way things have existed up until fairly recently. That type of thinking was built on certain assumptions about the way society operates and about what people have as priorities. I remember growing up at the advent of television, all right, both of us were early watchers of television, and there were commercials that would say to get a good job, get a good education, go to college. And it's not uncommon to have people say to this day, you know, I'm the first member of my family to go through college. 
And sometimes the assumption is that all the people in his or her family that didn't go to college somehow or other were deficient, backward, and not very capable. And so it was a programmed thing to, especially post-World War II, because you see now everybody was done with war again and we were going to have the life that early television promoted in terms of suburbia and everybody's happy and there are no problems. And so people were basically instructed either by implication or inference that everybody really needed to go to college. And if you don't go to college, that somehow or other you're deficient. And I think that's not a biblical perspective because not every area of enterprise or value requires you to sit and get four years of post-high school instruction and then get your master's degree and get your PhD. And the point of that is that there was a time, as you have alluded, that having a college degree or even a high school education was not a priority because society and culture were very different. If you go back 100, 200, 300 years ago, depending on what society it was, you know, you might be born into an agricultural family and a family who's for a couple of generations worked in a factory. There would be all kinds of things. It didn't mean you were a bad person, a good person, indifferent. It just meant that was the way your world was set up for you. didn't mean that you were an uneducated person because academics wasn't the benchmark. After all, prior to everybody going to college, there were doctors and dentists and lawyers and and, and people who were professionals, many of whom were self-taught because they could read, they could assimilate information from the past, and they gained prominence because they were proficient at what they did. Yes, and so the the idea that whether it be in terms of finding a good job or that somehow having a college education is what makes you a complete person regardless of what type of job you get or don't get, I think that it has much deeper roots in an ancient pagan Greek mentality that says that somehow our salvation is by education. And that has come to mean education by the state, of course, in our modern context. So what we're asking people to do is consider the fact that just because the reality that you and your family and and your grandparents have known, that's the way it's been. That doesn't, it's not the way it's been for most of human history. And, you know, Bob Dylan reminded us in his great song, times they are a change. And the times have changed again. There may have been a time in our culture where going and get that BA or BS degree was indeed a stepping stone. But now, uh, having a BA degree in some humanities type topic, as laudable as that may be from a standpoint of education or having a good education, that isn't that probably not going to translate into a good job for you. With the digital age, the information age, thing, there's been a paradigm shift. But let's go back. Let's go back once again and talk about what is the origin of the university? I mean, we're talking about is a college education necessary? I wonder how many of our listeners even know where the university came from. Well, I'm about to tell you. The university system actually started uh, in medieval times. It was a project of the Roman Catholic Church to educate its clergy, primarily in Italy. And I think the first university that we would recognize as such started in Bologna, Italy. Now, there's some people who want to claim that they're actually um, Middle Eastern and Islamic Asian roots, 
that they had uh, schools that were sort of like universities and granting degrees even earlier than the high Middle Ages. But most scholars believe there isn't any direct link to what became the university systems that grew up in Europe. But the key thing is, is that the roots of the university system are solidly in the framework of Christendom. And so the idea was that you would gather these men together with a special teacher or trainer, and they would be trained in either theological law, canon law, whatever it may be, and they would be certified as someone who had that. They, then they were uh, private enterprises. Their patrons were wealthy landowners, a bishop, somebody like that. That's the root uh, of our, our university system that, of course, has morphed into something rather different than that. And universe implied a central governing idea. Nowadays, we actually hear about the multiversity because the shift has gone from transcendent authority that says this is the way things are to a relativistic society or perspective that says it could be this, it could be that. And I think that's probably one of the greatest dangers today in Christian families assuming that university is the next step because it isn't really a university anymore. And it's very likely that their children who might have been oriented in terms of a biblical world and life view are going to be bombarded with socialistic perspectives. And they really need to ask the question, number one, does my child need to be there? Number two, if he or she is going there, what kind of preparation is necessary in order to recognize the dangers and the threats? That's a very important point. Uh, is a college education necessary? The answer is, well, that depends what the purpose of pursuing it may be, what the child, the student has in mind. I mean, they may well indeed be pursuing uh, a calling in life that requires some sort of certification or degree and so then the next question is, where are you going to enroll to get that degree? But, you know, the idea that this is uh, um, something that is, is for any and everyone, the average person, that this is their stepping stone to, to meaningful life is simply not true. I have a college education. I can look back and think, uh, that I can think of about four or five different things I wished I had spent my time doing during those four years <laughs> that would have served me a lot better in terms of having a, a marketable skill. Uh, having, you know, I wish I could make cabinets. I wish I was good at, at masonry and things like that. But I didn't pursue that. I pursued, quote, a good education. I, I don't regret some of the things that I did and I learned. On the other hand, I can see that to, to have a well-orbed life, to have a well-rounded life, it's not all about one thing. Uh, it's about many things. And the Lord uh, designs us to be, to live in this creation, to be able to interact with his creation and with each other. But that doesn't require a bachelor's degree or a master's degree from this place or that place. Well, even Dr. Rush Dooney, who is a graduate from UC Berkeley, said and wrote on many occasions that he had to spend a lot of time unlearning some of the things he learned. And that's why I say that if you do say, oh, well, what I plan to do, what I feel God is calling me to do, the current climate says I need to be certified or educated or go through a certain steps, well, those people really better understand how to approach this training and recognize it for what it is and recognize it for what it's not. And I highly recommend that if somebody's going to venture into the area of law or medicine 
or business or whatever it is that they find a dedicated Christian who understands the full orbed faith so that they have someone to throw ideas back and forth with and actually have a mentor that it's going to help them maneuver through the various things that they're going to encounter. Another factor that comes into this question about is a college education necessary and the, the idea of what scripture teaches us about the importance of the central and significance of education and what that looks like is the issue of the nature of the university itself. Now, you made reference to this in an earlier comment. You know, it, it aspires to be, even as the name indicates, an all-encompassing area. Now, university, for people who still don't know the difference between a college and university, a uh, university is a group of colleges. You know, a college typically just focuses on, on one particular area of study, but at a university, you say I have the College of Psychology or the College of Science, you have the College of Engineering, you have all these different colleges. Even in supposedly Christian universities, there is still an allegiance owed to the state in some way or form for the most part. Most universities are run by the state, and so therefore their education is solidly humanistic and secularist. I can relate a number of instances that I'm familiar with personally. When I was an undergraduate at the state university at which I attended, uh, I majored in philosophy and religious studies. I was not a Christian in those days, and I well recall uh, being in freshman-level religious studies classes. These fundamentalist uh, Christian students who were having their faith savagely attacked by teachers, I mean, ostensibly, to they were just simply teaching the class. It amounted to an attack on a fundamental understanding of the uh, truth of Scripture. You, you could just see them sort of melting in this withering uh, display of knowledge, supposedly, that basically undercut the foundations of their faith. Uh, on the other hand, uh, I was ordained in a Reformed denomination that has maintained, I'm no longer in that denomination, but they maintained a college and a seminary. And the college was continually a focus of serious problems in that there were faculty who simply had no interest in maintaining even a remotely evangelical Christian standard in the way that they taught and the subjects that they taught. And this became a, a horrible controversy, and it consumed a lot of time on the part of that denomination because it was the issue of regional accreditation. So, again, you've got the government getting involved and saying, this you've got to have and this you can't do if you're going to be accredited by our U.S. Department of Education accrediting agency. We won't recognize you if you're too much this way or too much that way. So even going to a denominational Christian college or university, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a, a biblical, solidly biblical perspective. And I'll say, uh, share one more personal account. My wife uh, attended a denominational college uh, that was connected and still is to what used to be a solidly reformed denomination. And she attended there for two years and had, a, I don't think she would mind me sharing, a very difficult spiritual crisis. She transferred to a state university in the state in which her parents were living at the time, and her faith grew by leaps and bounds because of her involvement with a campus ministry there. So <laughs> you have all these weird contrasts and contradictions. So just going to a Christian, quote, college or university, that doesn't really mean that you're not going to have problems in terms of uh, the subject that you're taught or your spiritual life. Exactly. And I know in my family, 
my firstborn ended up going to a community college after he was done with homeschool. And he would come back and tell us stories about some of the classes, his introductory classes. He, he, a couple of stories were one, there was a, a science class. And he said that the professor was this very engaging man from Africa, uh, very funny, very personable. It was the kind of class where there were, it was a big lecture, so there might be a couple hundred people in the lecture. Anyway, at, after he kind of warmed up the class, he asked how many people believed in God and asked them to stand up. And my son said there were a considerable number of people who stood up. And then he would look at all of them and point to them and go, ignorant, 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 ignorant. And then proceed to talk about how there were all these different religions and how could any one of them be absolutely true because there were so many and isn't that arrogant. And then, you know, everybody got to sit down. Well, before their first test, I think it was their first midterm, he said, by the way, before we begin the test, how many here still believe in God? Mm. Fewer people stood up. And he said, okay, you all should go to the library and go investigate all the different religions of the world and, and, and see why you're wrong. And he made them all leave. Well, they missed the midterm. Well, we encouraged my son to go to the administration, and there really wasn't much they could do because he was tenured. Yes. Another class, it was a history class. The professor invited two black people to come to the center of the room and asked a bunch of white people to circle them and then say, by the way, it's Calvinism that brought about racial disharmony and the view of black people as less than human. And that was the class. That was the history class. Wow. Right. And then it went on in terms of if somebody expressed up when my son expressed opposition to abortion, that he left one class and he actually got punched in the face by one guy who, you know, didn't like what he had to say. So that was all within the first year of being at the community college. And so the question that really needs to be asked is, why are you going? What do you hope to attain? And is that the only way to get it? And certainly when my son began, we didn't have the opportunities that you have online to watch lectures on YouTube, to take courses remotely, and not be involved in all the nonsense attached to having a captive audience. So we're going to continue your indoctrination. Yeah, I think we need to be clear that we uh, are not saying that pursuing a college education in and of itself is a bad thing, or that the whole concept of a university or a college is something unbiblical. I said at the beginning, it has deep roots in the Christian faith and uh, the Christian church, but the, the, the significant differences as it exists today and, and has, has developed over the centuries, the, the current college and university system bears very little resemblance to the original model and format. Now, we know that there have been, over the decades uh, in recent history, the efforts on the part of some and laudable efforts to put together genuinely Christian colleges and schools, 
but you know they run up against the same problem. You want to get your degree from this place? Well, it's not going to be, quote-unquote, an accredited degree. Here where I live in the Greenville, South Carolina area, Bob Jones University, which has been around for many, many years, I'm pretty sure are not still to this day a, an accredited institution. And yet they graduate very well-educated uh, people. I remember my friend Dr. Ken Gentry when he was pastor of the church where I am now. He had Gary North come for a visit and uh, to make a presentation some years ago. And if I remember the story, uh, Dr. North wanted to be taken to Bob Jones University to see their art gallery because they have a fantastic art gallery in that place. So uh, the, the whole thing is it, it, this can be done. It can be done in a godly manner and to the glory of God. But in the current format, in the current culture, it is going to be, have to be done in opposition uh, to the state-mandated understanding uh, of what an education is, and in order to avoid the kinds of things like you described that your son uh, was exposed to, it's, it's going to be a great challenge, and it, it's going to mean that the, the student is going to have to, willing to be willing to sacrifice, in one sense, to say, yes, I got a degree from this place or that. Oh, I've never heard of that. Is it's an accredited institution? And very proudly say, no, you know, we, uh, we are accredited by God Almighty or the church. That's the thing in the original format. It was the church that accredited the school, not the state, not the regional accrediting agency. And again, especially in the age in which we live, that results are going to be the things that people will pay for. You can hire a bunch of people who have college degrees that might get them in the door, and we can talk about whether or not that should be the thing that gets them in the door. But whether or not they can perform, they're not going to maintain their job if there are other people without degrees who can do the job better. So even in a very humanistic setup, the cream does rise to the top, and we need to be concerned with excellence being the motivation on whatever we do so that we will be noticed by those who want people who will produce the things that they're looking for in terms of the particular occupation or job they're in. Our mandate from our Lord at the beginning of creation was to have dominion over the earth, uh, to flourish, to multiply, to plant, to grow. And all these things require learning and knowledge and education. So our, our relationship to the world that God has created puts us in a position or a stance of learning. So learning is a very valuable and important thing. But learning must be done within the context of understanding who God is and who man is and what our ultimate project. Learning in and of itself is not an, not an avenue for some sort of salvation. We, we have to divest ourselves of that notion. Socrates supposedly said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, that may be true, and maybe some people need to examine their own lives more so than others, but the question is, by what standard is life going to be examined? Exactly. You can be very well trained in something that's not true, and then especially something that doesn't acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of all and King of Kings. And the Bible calls you a fool. So it all depends on what is education and what is foolishness. And that starting point that you referred to is all important. I think uh, my advice would be to uh, any homeschooling families or families who have kids in Christian school, 
is to uh, think very clearly and very proactively about what your son or daughter might want to be doing in the coming years and whether uh, your concern is that they do get a, quote, well-rounded education, nevertheless, have them involved in some trade, learning some skill that can be marketable, that would be in demand so that they would have a continual source of income and uh, a way of glorifying the Lord and and pursuing that skill and that ability. And I think that's something that can happen early on in the educational process. By the time someone is 12, 13, 14 years old, you can't really call them a child anymore. They still might act childish, but in truth, at other times and other places in history, those were the people who were forced into being adult because they had work to do and and it needed to be done. So when I was teaching my own kids and then when I did co-op classes, one of the assignments I would give is to answer the question, what is God calling you to do? And then whatever they came up with, they had to do a number of things. They had to research what that field was. They had to research the requirements for that field, and they had to find someone who was already in the field and then interview that person and ask that person, would you do it again? Is this something that you would advise for me if I feel that God is calling me to do that? Well, once they had all that information, you'd be amazed at how many people weren't going to be marine biologists anymore. (laughs) Because that just sounded good because they had been to an aquarium or they weren't going to be a rock star or whatever it is, or they weren't going to become a doctor because they'd watch something on television. So the parents have the ability to observe their child. The child has the ability to say, what is it I'm interested in? And very early on, finding mentors who are already in the field, who already share your world and life view is a huge benefit. Because having been through it themselves, they can say, avoid this, do that. Stay away from that, by all means do this. And then you have help in the process, and you have someone who, when the student gets challenged, can go and say, look, this is how I got challenged, and I didn't know what to say. And that person can help them. Yeah, mentorship is an extremely important um, topic uh, something that unfortunately has largely vanished in some corners of our culture, maybe quite a few, whether it be mentorship in terms of learning a trade, being an understudy and learning how to be an electrician, a plumber, working on computers or whatever it may be. That, that's something that, uh, like you just said, is, is valuable, very valuable experience. I made this point um, in, a, in a sermon that I delivered not too long ago that if I, I, if I was going to teach someone how to make and prepare a particular three-course meal, you know, I could get on YouTube and watch the videos, I could read books, and I could stand up and make that presentation even though I, I myself had never, ever made that meal. And I might be able to do it fairly well. But I made the point that there would be a significant difference between my instruction compared to someone who not only had studied the, book, the cookbooks and the videos, but had actually prepared that three-course meal 10 or 12 times. Exactly. See. You go to YouTube and find three different people telling you three different ways to do it, and yet they end up with the same result. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, again, it, let's take a look at what's happening in our society today. You know, we hear all the, 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 
the job numbers and how great it is that there's so many people employed and unemployment is, is way down here. Well, I'm, my perception is, I may be wrong, but a lot of those jobs are basic retail jobs working at clothing stores, department stores, coffee shops, fast food places. In and of itself, there's nothing wrong with those. You can serve God doing any of that stuff. But that doesn't require a college degree. But it does require the skill to know how to do that. And whether it's something like uh, that type of work or, again, identifying a need that most people have. Uh, if you own your home or live in a home that you rent where you're responsible for whatever goes on there, at some point you're going to need a plumber, you're going to need uh, pest control, you're going to need air conditioner service. There are all kinds of things that people are constantly needing, and they need somebody with the skills to do it. And so there's high-demand jobs where you could pretty much be your own boss and earn a respectable income, and apart from maybe going to a few classes at a trade school, and, and, and let me just stop there and say, I, I will recall when I was much younger and going from high school into college and university, there was a level of disdain, you know, for people who, oh, yeah, well, he or she's going to trade school, you know. Uh, at, at you looked up at your, you looked down your nose at people like they couldn't quite make the grade, so they were going to trade school. Now, I suspect that uh, many of those people who did that have retired long before I have and are probably living fairly comfortable lives and <laughs> are much better off than I am financially. Right, so. and you think of all the master's degree candidates or achievers of the degree who are now making lattes at the yes. local neighborhood coffee shop. They're the ones, unfortunately, who have been gypped. They're heavily in debt in many cases. They've got a skill that Really, if you're, you're looking to produce a certain thing, the fact that you might know very esoteric and isolated pieces of information in this very small area isn't necessarily going to get you the job. Keeping in mind that God calls us to dominion, and part of that dominion is to provide for your own family, be able to care for your own family. And I, I think that the shift in our thinking, if we're going to really go for a solidly Christian education and a biblical form of really being educated, then those with businesses need to give priority to those who have been trained and reared in the faith. It should be the first person you want to interview, a homeschool graduate. It should be the sort of thing where Galatians says, do good unto all men, but especially to those of the household of faith. So if you're serious about this, you should give priority to those who have a dominion calling and are exercising it. And I think we, we would see a whole lot more productivity if families knew this organization or this business is willing to take on apprentices and the apprentices come yeah, they're going to be you know, wet behind the ears. They're going to make mistakes. But what this person who owns the business is doing is investing in the future, even if this person doesn't end up staying with them. Isn't it better to have people who are in the workforce and who are in occupations who are grounded in integrity and a biblical ethic? And I think we've got to get to the point that we want to give priority to those who we know this is how they were raised. And that is a part of a larger project that those of us who understand the calling of dominion must recognize within our own lives and which we must seek to instill and help others understand in that we have this project, we have uh, this mission that we've been given to indeed exercise dominion over the creation. 
Our Lord Jesus told us to bring the, the nations to him and make them his disciples. And so our calling and our work is to do this very thing, to make sure that we employ others, that we have that as our priority. The priority should not be, how can I increase my income next year? How can I save enough money for that new car? Whatever it may be, the priority ought to be, what am I doing in my work, in my education, that's going to forward the movement of Christian dominion uh, and reconstruction in this culture? And insofar as we don't do that, we are seeing the results. The, the march of evil and paganism uh, has gone forward because Christians, at least in these United States, have lost that vision. We need to recover it, and that is part of the ministry of Chalcedon is making sure that that happens. We bill ourselves as an educational ministry to help those who are already embracing the ideas of Christian self-government. And I think that there are a lot of people, you don't see them on the evening news, you don't see them written up on, in, in magazines or newspapers, but who have embraced this idea and are making a true entry into a relativistic culture. And, and we're going to see, and we are seeing, the emergence of a solid Christian biblical world and life view in many areas. I was listening recently to uh, our, our dear friend, uh, the late Sam Blumenfeld, uh, a presentation he made in the Albany, New York area some time ago. And he mentioned this very fact that you, you just uh, spoke about. He was referring to the, uh, the writings of Alexis de Tocqueville, who you know, had a sort of an upfront view of early America. And the point that he said de Tocqueville made was is that this American society and this American culture is so remarkable because the people govern themselves according to religious principles. And this is another part of what we should be about doing. And this is really the priority of education. That's where it really starts, is governing, governing ourselves according to God's standard uh, of justice, of truth, of right, and living and learning to exist and extend dominion in his world. We kind of just scratched the surface here. And in the future, maybe we'll be able to talk more in terms of these apprenticeship programs and these mentorship programs and ways in which people can have destinations for their children that might help them emerge as self-conscious, deliberate Christians in any and all areas of occupations, professions, etc. So we'd like to wrap up this podcast. I, I would like to um, make a recommendation for at least one resource that our listeners can find at the calcedon.edu website. Either order and purchase it, which we'd encourage you to do, or you can read some of it online. Uh, at the website. It's a book that was published in 1979 by Ross House Books, one of the imprints of the Chalcedon Foundation. It's called Foundations of Christian Scholarship Essays in the Van Til Perspective. Gary North was the editor and one of the contributing writers, as was Dr. Rush Dooney, the late Greg Singer, Larry Pratt, Greg Bonson, and John Frame, among others. Um, there are about 12 chapters in this book, and uh, it is an excellent resource about the issue of the various academic disciplines like history, economics, political science, and the whole issue about the foundations of knowledge. So that is a great resource, and we'd encourage our listeners to take advantage of it. And I would say that if those of you who have heard us recommend in the past the philosophy of the Christian curriculum, that was a bit specifically geared towards the grammar school and the high school years. This clearly brings it into the arena of the university. And so it's a progressive study along the lines of those foundational principles that Rush Juni put in the philosophy of the Christian curriculum. 
Well, with that, we will bring our podcast to a close and uh, invite our listeners to return next time as we ask the question behind the question in our Out of the Question podcast. Thank you, Andrea. Talk to you next time, Charles. Thanks for listening to Out of the Question. For more information on this and other topics, visit www.kingdomdrivenfamily.com.